0: So, uh, February is African American History Month, and I'm here today to talk with George Morgan III. He's uh, an academic success coordinator for students at Edinburgh University School of Business. He's also an officer with the Erie chapter of the NAACP and a former member of the Erie County Human Relations Commission. Um, George, I'm hoping we can talk about racial inclusion and equity in the context of Erie at this point in history. The city's been ranked one of the worst cities in the U.S. for black people, and while that ranking has been debated, there's no doubting that Erie suffers from deplorable, racially disparate poverty and employment statistics that are reflected in the Erie Community Foundation's vital signs and elsewhere. There are all kinds of debates alive in the city right now. Um, People are talking about the need for community community benefit agreements, uh, the problem of racially disparate discipline in the schools, and the need for diverse hiring in schools, government, and elsewhere. Mayor Joe Schember is even saying, frankly, and forthright, that he wants to end racism in Erie. I'm interested in hearing your take on this, um, but let's just start by, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background in Erie, and how you got involved in some of these issues.
1: Great, Uh, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Um, I am born and raised in Erie, Pennsylvania. Halloween baby. Um, at the age of 12, um, I landed my first job with the Erie Times News as a mail carrier or paper paper carrier. Um, and I basically uh, delivered papers from Sassafras um, to Front Street, Short Street, all the way over to Cherry. Um, and I did that for three or so years until... Um, I had other employment elsewhere. Um, went to St. Andrews School on Sixth and Raspberry. And, um, you know, after that, um, I went to Villa Maria Academy for two years hmm. and then transferred after my sophomore year to Cathedral Prep, graduated from Cathedral Prep, and then um, attended Penn State Baron. Um, and earned a bachelor's of arts degree in political science with a minor in international studies. After that, um, pursued a master's degree and earned a master's degree from Edinburgh University um, with a concentration in sociology and history. And um, um, To kind of bring it um, to how I got involved with the NAACP, when i came back home from massachusetts um, i i ran into andre horton mm-hmm. on 6th and parade he was at the gas station and i you know prior to me running into him i seen him on tv um, and i seen the things that he was doing and i was just inspired to get involved um, i seen a lot of things that were going on in massachusetts um, that were very, that was progressive and i was just like you know what i want to be involved in um, that, that this movement here, mm-hmm. and I approached um, Mr. Horton, and you know he had a membership application readily available. He <laughs> gave it to me, told me when the meetings were, and uh, ever since then um, I've been involved. And that was back in 2010 when I met okay. him. So I've known him for
0: like nine years. Oh, that's great. Um, so let's let's dig into the situation in Erie a little bit. Um, from your perspective, why why does Erie like a lot of Rust Belt communities, uh, still struggle, and a lot of communities everywhere, I should say, right. so much with inclusion.
1: I believe it's because it's a, a, it deals with a, a stark resistance to change. Uh, complacency with the current environment and how things get done, or don't get done, seems to be prevalent. The NAACP receives a lot of complaints with regards to how people are treated while at work. Uh, the existence of uh, toxic work atmospheres and uh, equal opportunities for advancement are things that, that seem to come up.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, in your view, are the best strategies that you know, leaders and then everyday people, citizens can, can embrace, can deploy, can seek out to try and change some of this dynamic? Uh,
1: my perspective is to continue to embrace diversity in the community work environment, and genuinely promote an an inclusive culture that is supportive of all people of different racial and ethnic backgrounds. I commend Mayor Shimner and his administration for their robust efforts to address racism and hope that their community and economic initiatives come to fruition. Mm -hmm. I think preconceived beliefs, implicit bias, and stereotype threats are all components of racism. One big issue is that people within our society tend to harbor subconscious biases that remain difficult to root out and then influence close friends, family, the children they're raising, etc. I'm hopeful that these biases can be significantly, significantly diminished, maybe even eradicated
0: mm-hmm. through
1: education,
0: mm-hmm. a
1: willingness to change one's mentality, and have an open mind and not a sense of entitlement and superiority.
0: Mm-hmm. And some of that, do you think, will that take like workshops and training and helping people even learn to wreck? They may just move around in it and not even realize they're moving around in it, right?
1: Yes. Is that I, I how don't, you go it, about that? Yes. Uh, I, I don't think it's an overnight process. Yeah. I think it's uh, something that's gradual. Um, and, and probably should happen over time, uh, trainings, workshops, um, cultural competency, you know, mm-hmm. come, being, coming out of your comfort zone, going to a mm-hmm. cultural event that you wouldn't normally go to
0: mm-hmm. just to
1: see what it's like. Mm-hmm. It may change your perspective on mm-hmm. things.
0: What are the biggest barriers to progress?
1: Uh, lack of job opportunities in the area and the treatment of people at their current places of employment serves as barriers to progress. People are migrating to the south because of better job opportunities. Mm -hmm. For example, Texas is an economic giant, particularly in the areas of technology, business, and manufacturing. Just three years ago, Frisco City, Texas had a population increase of 8.2 percent, which was attributed to job opportunities and growth. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And according to the uh, US Census Bureau, their population in 2017 was 177,286 people. Uh, The lack of urban development and the need for community benefit agreements serve as barriers to progress in my opinion. Another thing I'd like to Mm -hmm. mention, um, I'm no guru in regards to criminal justice yeah, um, but I personally believe criminal justice reform is a must in Pennsylvania. Last year California enacted a law that eliminated their cash bail system and I think eliminating cash bail for non-violent suspects or people who pose no threats or minimal threats to the society would be ideal while awaiting trial. I believe instituting a pretrial service to determine if an individual is at a safety risk to the community should be looked into, if not already. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being free while awaiting trial can provide individuals an opportunity to continue working if they are employed or seek employment opportunities during that time to ensure uh, his or her family can survive.
0: Incar- being incarcerated during those periods of time can completely derail a person's life, especially if it impedes their ability to pay off fines or whatever the consequences of right. their situation might be. It's not it's not a minor blip. Right. It can it can right. interfere with everything. Um, so so what role does the um, or should the NAACP play in this?
1: Well. Um as a whole, the mission is to ensure the political, educational, social, and economic, e- e- and economic equality of rights of all people and to eliminate race-based discrimination. So I think advocacy on behalf of uh, underrepresented people, uh, continuing to educate and inform the public of the adverse effects of racial discrimination and a lack of inclusion would be uh, part of the role or a component of the role, mm-hmm. um, seeking reform and other resolutions within the community and assisting members and um, the greater Erie community with seeking out and searching for new job opportunities as they arise um, and then in a nutshell just continue to address uh, racial and economic disparities.
0: Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm interested, uh, we've heard so much uh, about young people leaving Erie because especially young people generally, but also young people of color leaving Erie because there just aren't opportunities here. Talk to me about why you chose to stay here, um, what your hopes are.
1: So while in graduate school I desire to pursue a degree or a career in higher education to become a community activist Nine days after earning a master's degree from Edinburgh University in 2007, I moved to Springfield, Massachusetts and worked as an AmeriCorps VISTA community service coordinator uh, at American International College. As a community service coordinator, I was able to help the students' college establish and maintain community partnerships, identify community needs, and determine ways for the campus and community to collectively address those needs. I had the responsibility of encouraging and recruiting students to participate in civic engagement throughout the city. I was also afforded the opportunity to serve as a board member for Open Pantry Community Services and frequently serve dinners at the Loaves and Fishes Kitchen in downtown Springfield. Um, I often had to drive to Boston and other cities across Massachusetts to participate in trainings to improve my professional development. I returned home to Erie in 2008 because it was only a one-year commitment. Mm-hmm. So I was torn between staying in Massachusetts to search for gainful employment and coming home to pursue the same. Uh, Roman philosopher, Pliny the Elder, <laughs> is credited with coining the phrase, home is where the heart is. So I returned to Erie to desired, um, desiring to pursue a similar career path. However, in my humble opinion, I do believe it is good for people to experience living in a different environment and getting out of your comfort zone. Um, Personally, it was a great experience for me and um, I learned a lot. I'm hopeful that in the sense that if Erie can continue to create robust job opportunities um, and competitive wages, I think more people uh, would stay due to the cost of living compared mm-hmm. to bigger cities. Because like true. I stated earlier um, about that um, city in Texas and how their uh, population increased 8.2% is because of the job growth there. And the cost of living down there is similar to the cost of living in Pennsylvania. So right. just imagine that growth oh up here. You know, and we have the space.
0: Do so you have a pitch that you make to other young people about giving Erie a shot?
1: Um... I, Not necessarily, not necessarily a pitch. Um I mean, I I think that it's it, it is a is it is a great place to yeah. you know to to live and to, and to raise a family. Um it's conveniently located, you know, mm-hmm. to Cleveland, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, um you know, other surrounding states. Um I just, you know, personally, I don't know, I wish that the you know, I, I think the entertainment side of Erie could could get a little better. We have great entertainment, but I think it could get a little bit better. You know, I, I think we. Could, What's it missing? Um. Personally, I think the nightlife could be a little bit better. Like, like the the nightclub and the, the establishments downtown. I think it could be a little bit better if we had a couple more or a couple more spots in Erie that people can go to. Like, I would I would love to see like like a like a a jazzy, yeah. Like a jazz place, um, more speakeasies like Room 33, yep. yeah. Um, things like that, more more diversity. It's you know if you go to what 13th and State or 14th and State, before you you know pass the, the train tracks or whatever, it's just a cultural district. I want to see more of that though.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so I mean, I really don't get asked the question from from young people about you know should they stay or not. Um, but if they were to ask me, I'd say, you know, g- g- definitely, definitely give it a chance um, because we're growing, but it's 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 at a slow pace, and I want to see stagnation, you know, move forward, you know, and I think we we will. We just have to, yeah,
0: uh,
1: continue to to uh, work collectively, not individually, you know, and be on the same page. Um, I have hope. I, I have
0: hope. You're 36, right? Right. So, does this so you've, you've had enough experience? Does this moment feel different to you than maybe years past? I mean, with the Shember administration and the development going on downtown?
1: I think with the Shember administration, I think, and this is per- personally, I think that it's moving a little bit faster than what it was. Um, i like I like the mayor because he's more vis- he's visible um, and, and I think we're definitely moving in the right direction um, like i said i I like his uh, community and economic initiatives that uh, that he's put forth, and I hope that they you know all come to to fruition um, but i I think that that we're moving in the right direction um and I'm, and I'm hoping that we can continue to grow and, and build and build Erie up you know. Um, Cause I and you know, if we compare our city to other cities, you know we're we're behind. Some people even say we're like, mm-hmm. you know, ten ten years behind. And I don't know how true this is, but I heard someone once told me that the same architect who designed Washington D.C. designed mm-hmm. like downtown Erie. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, we should, you know, we should have that same. You know, we should have that same traffic that D.C. has, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, the the infrastructure could definitely be improved. I would like to see... um you know buildings the outside of buildings be improved you know because mm-hmm. you know when people are driving by you know the first impression is you know the the facade the, the, the outside of the building so I would like to see those you mm-hmm. know be improved especially like um, the Avalon Hotel that the Erie downtown hotel on 18th and State and I think uh, Governor Wolf did come here uh, back in October and November and said that there was funding that was going to be um, you know put into the Avalon's that's you know, right. infrastructure so I'm looking forward to that <laughs> Just kidding. I'm looking forward to that <laughs> um but yeah it's you know the outside gotta look you know it's gotta look good yeah. you know you see a business you see you see a nice grocery store like oh okay this is where I can get my groceries you know you see the outside of it that's what makes you go in you yeah know? so that's what I would like to see
0: Are young people engaged enough in some of the things that need to be raised in Erie? No, I don't think
1: they are. Um, and, and, they, and, they have a, and they have a voice, mm-hmm. and um, you know the NAACP is here to hear their voice. Um, we have one of the um, largest um, youth. Um, and it's not a branch, but we have one of the youth, one of the largest youth memberships in the in the state. It's not number one, but we, we have, I want to say we have like close to 55, maybe 60 youth. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, we're looking to grow that even more. I mean, yeah. memberships are coming in on a weekly basis, so I don't have a specific number right now, but we're growing our youth, um, our youth membership. And it's important because, um, personally, my vision is to establish a college chapter um, and I only need like 25 uh, students uh, from each uh, university um, to, to get um, the memberships, and so we can be recognized at the state level. Um, and once I establish and maintain the, the college chapters throughout Erie County, I believe um, it's important uh, for our college students to engage with fellow millennials to stress the importance of voter education. Uh, registration and participate in the electoral process, mm-hmm. and I would eventually like to create a peer mentoring program once college um, chapters are established. So my vision is to have those college students be peer mentors to the youth, and in and in, in, in that sense, they're getting some some civic engagement experience, getting some experience with you know uh, people from various backgrounds, different mm-hmm. backgrounds than theirs, and these mm-hmm. these are things that they can put on their resume mm-hmm. because. I did. I had four years um, before when I came back from Massachusetts. I had four years uh, of working in um, mental health, and I worked for Lakeshore Community Services. And when I went to the job interview, they told me straight up that, "Oh, we like the fact that you have a, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, but your community service speaks volumes." And it took me back. I'm like, "Wow!" Like. He brought me in based on community service. Like, wow, that was pretty cool. So I tell I tell college yeah. students all the time, it's not about, you know, the, the degree. The degree is important. Yeah, you started something, you finished it, but they look at it. They look at a lot of other stuff, too. They look at the whole picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like George likes to volunteer. George likes to be in the community. George mm-hmm. likes to help help people. Okay, you mm-hmm. brought them, them in. Mm-hmm. So, But... Um, and it, and it can serve as learning experiences for the undeclared population that I work with, you know, not knowing what they want to do. You know, they could, you know, be uh, mentoring a kid and, and, and seeing that they have some type of, you know, uh, issue, whether it be like a physical issue or a mental health issue. And it may spark their interest in, you know, pursuing a degree in psychology or something mm-hmm. like that. So... I think it's, it's totally important to get the youth involved. And, you know, if you look back in history, um, during the Civil Rights Movement, college students were
0: right. a big part of, of the movement, a big part of the movement. Well, when you talked about mobilizing the vote, too, and we didn't really talk about anything on the national scene, but attacks on voting rights and Black Lives Matter, and that's, sort of, I mean, there's a whole other level of conversation going on on the national scene in addition to what is getting dealt with here. And mm-hmm. so yeah um, that political mobilization is not important yeah and piece. you
1: know and you know voter empathy you know i don't know if it's at its height right now or but it's high mm-hmm. you know people are not you know passionate about the right to vote you know they don't feel like as if it you know their their, their uh, vote matters but their, vo- their vote is you know essentially their their voice you know so it's 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 important mm-hmm. that we educate the youth about the right to vote and why it's important to vote. I mean, we're nonpartisan. So, you know, you can right. vote the way you want to vote, but, but to vote, yeah. you need to get there, you know?
0: You mentioned being inspired by Andre when you came back and met him, but is there are there any other figures either in civil rights history or in your family or a teacher or anything who, who inspired you a great deal or taught you,
1: well, or raised your consciousness
0: on some of these things?
1: Well, I would honestly, first and foremost, it would have to be my mom because yeah. um, my mom is originally from Alabama. Like my mother's side of the family is originally from Alabama. They uh, migrated up to Erie in the '60s, mm-hmm. and um, she—I don't know—just this just a just a hard worker, um, very very educated, and you know from. Her experience you know, in the South and coming up here and mm-hmm. experiencing racism firsthand, at home it was always, you know, she always, you know, said, you know what, this may happen, but you need to react in the right way. But I'm just giving you a heads up. This may happen because this has happened in the past. It's happening now and you know it was the 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 teaching was always love in my house you know you know despite you know what goes on you love people regardless of how they treat you you continue to to love them and to me you know growing up it's a steadfast commitment to the well-being of others so that was taught in my house no matter how you get treated you continue to love spread love to people regardless of how they treat you because eventually the love that you give to other people it's gonna be reciprocated, you know? So it has to be my mom, um, she's my go-to, she's so like my best friend, um, but yeah, definitely my mom. And, um, and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., um, such an icon. Um, he, I learned a lot about Dr. Martin Luther King during um, a class I was taking at Penn State Parent. It was actually, like the whole class was MLK. And we had Dr. Fowler, who was like a—he's <clears throat> an awesome professor, a Fulbright uh, scholar, I believe, or something like that. But um, and the whole class was just about the civil rights movement, and you know his personal life, and, and I was just like, wow, like he—he he just, you know, he put his life on the line for 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 everybody to, to, to live a better life in the future. So I mean, I felt like I could contribute a little bit and do something. You know, raise some awareness. Um, be conscientious. Let other people be conscientious of what's going on in the world. Um, and then, like the this, the quote after quote that I read from Dr. King just spoke so many volumes. You know, that, that simply the the time the time is right to always do what is right, or something along those lines. And you know, just everything about him and his um, his and, and what he stood for um, and helped you know, his his, his uh, contributions, and then him working with NAACP to get things moving, you know, NAACP was very uh, intricate and you know, the Brown First Board of Education, you know, without, you know, without those legal, um, that legal team, you know, you know, where would we be today, mm-hmm. you know, so just them working in conjunction, him working in conjunction with the NAACP and other organizations, I was just like, oh my god, I was amazed at the work that they did and what they've accomplished when they Work together, right? So people got to be willing to work together.
0: What do you think about these issues, this moment in Erie? Your experience that I didn't ask you that might help people.
1: Um, experience like let me give me example. What what kind of experience you talking about, like or
0: looking for? Um, well, no, just like what we just talked about, like things that influenced you or.
1: I don't know. I mean, I personally think I think we're in a, a, a decent place. It's just it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of work to do. And and people like kind of going back to the first question. People have to be, um, you know, we're, we and it's complacent in my opinion. So people have to be willing to, you know, want to change or want to see change happen in their community. Um, because at the end of the day, I want to see everybody succeed. I want to see everybody happy. I mean, in my mind, that's the utopian society. You know, we we can get there gradually, but you know, I really think um, that if we just you know work as a, work as a team and kind of use that acronym together, everyone achieves more. If everyone just thought that way, you know, I think we can move in a, in a in better direction. Put put differences aside. Everybody's different. You know, differences within race, differences, you know, amongst different, you know, backgrounds or racial and ethnic backgrounds, but um, for the most part, um, I have hope. I have faith, and I, and I have hope that it will, will get better, um, and, you know, we have to think whether we like it or not, we're, we're we- whether other people like it or not. Me, personally, I like the fact that we live in a uh, melting pot society, and Statistics are indicating as early as 2042 that um, the Latina population, Hispanics, are going to be the majority. You know, and you know, whites are going to be you know the minority, and it's going to be Hispanics, whites, and then um, blacks, and then you know the other, the others. Um, so that's what we're you know moving towards. You know whether. I, to be honest, whether the you know the wall gets established or not, I think that's gonna happen. Cause personally, when I lived in Springfield, Massachusetts, it was an eye opener for me because I think there are actually more Latinas up there mm-hmm. than blacks. Mm-hmm. So the population up there was white, Latina, and blacks. I'm like, oh my god, this is it's amazing, you know? And but it's just, it's, it's gonna happen. It's, it's just going to happen. So we might as well get ready. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing. You know, it is a it is a beautiful thing. I think races, you know, um, is only skin deep. Mm-hmm. But you know, just to see you know people from different walks of life, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. We all learn from each other. We can all get along. Let's all let's all get along to move forward. You know,
0: and those barriers just tend to represent just waste of potential, mm-hmm. in my view. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And another thing, too, I mean, even though I didn't, I guess, mention it earlier, you know, but um, one thing that I, and I'm not speaking on behalf of the peeps speaking for George, one thing I would eventually like to see change is, like, you know, the, the wage disparities, you know. Uh, amongst men and women in our society you know I want women to be able to make as much as to, you know, the next man for doing the same position you know I, w- I would like to see a difference in, you know in that um, and you know just more recognition with women because you know I think this year marks the 100th anniversary mm-hmm. of uh, the women's suffrage movement and um, the right to vote you know so mm-hmm. that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are just personal things that I, would like, that I would like to see change, you know. Because, you know, whether men like it or not, women, they're moving. They're moving in those power direct, they moving. Yes, we I are. Mean, look at, look at look at, <laughs> look at, look at, look at, Congress, you know. <laughs> they're moving. And there's actually more women that, you know, attend college than men, you know. So, hey man, you know, let's we'll get out the way, you know. Here's the
0: table, here's our
1: seat.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, have a seat at the table.
1: But yeah, that's, that's, that's basically it, you know, and I have, um, I got two beautiful daughters, Olivia, she's four, um, no wait, she's three, she'll be four, but, uh, and then, uh, Alicia, she's one, she'll be two February 22nd, and, um, you know, they, they keep me busy, they keep me moving, and then my wife, Lisa, she's a, uh, guidance counselor at, uh. Oh Elementary so you know she's working with you know very diverse population you know kids that you know have a lot of needs and you know whatnot a very a lot of talented kids too but um you know they keep me moving so you know when I do you know work like this you know when I mentioned the you know the women's movement and how women are you know getting recognition and progressing I think of my daughters in the future and I want them to have you know a really bright future, and a better you know, you know better life than what I'm you know living right now. And that was one of the things with my mother too, is that like she wanted us to have a better life than her. And she, you know, and I think that, you know, you know most families in America, you know, have that objective, to okay, I want my kids to you know do better than me, you know. So that's, you know, I think that's why my mom, you know, worked so hard to. To push us, and education was a priority in our household. Um, Cause I have two older sisters as well, Um, but she just, you know, she wanted us to have a better life, you know, and that's why I kind of like go go hard for for lack like better, you know, phrase. Mm-hmm. That's why I try to go hard because, like, I feel like I owe to my mom. If but uh yeah, yeah, that's basically, you know, what I mean, in a nutshell. Do you think
0: you say your mom came up in the '60s came? North? Yeah, uh, my my
1: family came up.
0: Because sometimes I'm struck when I'm looking up information about there'll be current debates happening or forums and some of these issues will come up in a, you know, in a big way. And I'll look in our library over things and some of these conversations almost verbatim have happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Do you think she would see progress from sort of, like, when she arrived here, or... Hmm. Like, are there generational differences on the perspectives of where we're at and how far we need to go and that sort of thing?
1: If we're we're talking Erie... Yeah. I I think not too many differences, to be honest with you. Yeah. I I don't think too many differences. No. Mm Mm-mm. But, you know, I've, I've heard plenty of stories of the the, the, the disparities that, that were going on then and yeah. in, in the, the inequalities that she and, you know, other family members and other, you know, people in Erie faced, you know. That, and, and that's
0: here. That's after Coming North. That's mm-hmm. not Alabama.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. You know, definitely, you know, um, I think... You know, obviously, it was worse down there. You know, it's still coming up north, you know, still had to face some of the, some of the same things. Um, but we gotta keep, we gotta keep pushing. We gotta keep, you know, fighting. And you know, we're all human.
0: You know. And actually, you you touched on that right at the beginning when you're talking about the NAACP still hears concerns from people in the workplace and things that they're dealing with. And I think some people who are privileged not to experience those things, might not understand that or fully appreciate that. Can you talk to me a little bit about the kinds of things you hear from folks or?
1: Yeah, um, I do know from men, from black men, you know, a lot of the complaints is, um, you know, the way uh, they're treated by law enforcement, the way they're talked to, the, the, the tone, the demeanor, and with regards to um, just people in general, um, it's um, being treated a certain way in the work in the workplace. Um, called called a name, you know. Fortunately, sometimes the N word, um, and and just being you know treated differently in general to the point where people want to. Walk out and quit their job, but then again, they think, okay, I got a family to feed, though, you know. So I'm not gonna walk out. But yeah, those are the, so, some of the complaints. But most recently, you know, according to Mr. Orton he said a lot of them are complaints about how people are treated, you know, at their job. Yeah. You know, and that could be, you know, you know, and and then you know how people communicate. People can communicate word of mouth, you know. So if word of if that type of stuff gets around, then you know. There's a reputation for certain places that okay this you know work there and then you know what hope does that put on somebody's heart to you know go you know um, mm. you, you know um, you know put their application in at this next spot for fear of oh, are they gonna act the same way
0: mm-hmm. so that's
1: why people may migrate other places you know okay maybe I'll get treated better in this environment.
0: You but know? that's closing a door of opportunity at that right. place just by, right? You know, yeah.
1: You, I mean, and you can't think like that, but sometimes some people do. You know, like even when I went up to Massachusetts, I mean, I, I love the like Boston was my, fa- my favorite city, and I've traveled across the country, and just the rich history up there, and you know, the, just the way I was treated. Like, and mind you, I'm not from there, but like I felt like I felt great up there. I felt like I could thrive. I still feel like I could thrive here. Um, because I'm not a quitter, but, but up there I felt like, okay, you know, people are, they so welcoming, you know, but even from locals, like I have, you know, some of my best friends are from Boston that I've had, you know, 10 year relationships with and they say, you know, oh yeah, there's definitely some spots in Boston that, that are still, you know, have their racist tendencies and there's still some forms of, you know, you know, segregation and people, you know, stay secluded. So, I mean, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it really yeah. is everywhere, but you know, my whole thing is just to, to kind of going back to the best strategies that yeah. people can embrace. Just going back to the, you know, making people think about their own personal preconceived beliefs, their biases amongst other people, and, and then let those go. Because I, I kid you not, I had a, I had a lady, um, young lady in, in uh, Massachusetts when I first got up there. I was dressed in. Um, like this the Dolce & Gabbana outfit, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a shirt, it was some you know, nothing too too fancy, it was a shirt, it was you know, some jeans that were kinda stylish, had some designs on them and I had some Timberlands on. And, you know, when we got into, when I got into the trainings, we all had to introduce ourselves and talk and whatnot and then, you know, after the training she came up to me and she told me straight up, she was like, you know, George, I ain't gonna lie, you know, when you first walked in the room I thought a certain thing about you. I thought mm-hmm. that that you were, like, some urban, inner city, you know, hoodlum, thug. And then she's like, but when you start talking and, you know, telling me about yourself, you know, I was like, wow, how did I think that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, you know, and it made me think, you know, people can't have their preconceived, you know, notions, you know, preconceived beliefs about other people, and get to know somebody, you right? Know, whether they're, if they're in a hoodie or if they're in a suit, get to know them. Yeah. yeah.
0: Get out of your comfort zone and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. so? really see people. Oh yeah,
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah. But I have hope, I have hope, I do.
0: Thank you very much.